Hey everyone, you're listening to Is, Is It That, that Deep though? though? Hi everybody, I'm Joy. I live in Austin. I'm a best friend. I'm a pet owner. I'm uh, almost 30. If I ever get uh, brought up on tweets on anything, oh I have honestly, if somebody said this you or but look what you said here, I would probably say, oh yeah, that was me. I was wrong. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody just say that? Huh? What? I have not heard the word simple plan in like 11 years, I'm sure. Yo, they were lit. And I'm Cynthia. I am a PhD candidate in clinical psychology and I'm in my last year. I'll just say one thing. I remember in 2018, I tweeted, the baby deserves to be tall. I had to go and delete that tweet because I cannot have that tied to my legacy that I was on the wrong side of history. If you like shake a bottle of Coke, and then you untwist it and it explodes, right? Everything will come out, but it's going to dissipate eventually. It's not gonna to continue to explode like that for the rest of time. Emotions are like that too. So you should feel them and then just kind of let them pass through you. I don't even know, can I even say it? It's like, yeah, you know, I got her <laughs> Hey everybody. You are listening to episode five of Is It That Deep Though? With Joy and Cynthia. We're at episode five and we already were talking before this and we were just very excited. We've gotten some positive feedback from family and friends. Woo! I'm excited Exciting. that people like what we have to say. Cause when we started this, I was always like, I, I'm not doing this for anybody else. <laughs> I'm just I doing know. this for the shits and the giggles. Exactly. Exactly. Which was freeing and very empowering, but also it's super validating. To know that. Super validating. People to like it. I feel like podcasts are the things like where friends are like, we should start a band. We should oh start a goodness. YouTube channel. We should start a podcast. We're so funny and interesting, right? But the thing is, though, like I've heard the stereotype of, oh, we should start a podcast is like the very much like white guy who's only funny with his like <laughs> two friends. Like, hey, we should start a podcast type of thing. But um, see, so I, I'm very pro start a podcast, though. I mean, as long as you are not like pushing it on people. If you just want to hear yourself talk, what is wrong with that? There is nothing wrong because I do it all the time. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Sometimes I'd be at the house and I'd be talking out loud. It's kind of, <laughs> I'm weird. Like I will be watching Big Brother or Real Housewives and will literally pause the show yes. and then work out my thoughts on the show. I'll, I'll be like, see, this is why nobody wanted to pick you because see, this is that thing that you always do. Yeah. And I like end up going into this whole rant and then I'm like, and play. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's weird. Oh, I do it all the time with like, again, married at first sight, all those 90 day fiance and stuff like that. And just having my own commentary on the side and then like, okay, press play. See, what I want to do is we got to pick a show that we can both be into together and then have an episode where we break down the show. Yes. So That's maybe so if there's a new season of Married at First Sight coming out or something, there I don't know is. how this, then we can watch it together. That show, okay. I've seen the first three seasons. It pissed me off. Yes. Okay. It never, it never works. It never does. And the one time it worked, they were like, okay, this is cool. And they ran with it. Their success rate is like, what, 4% or something? See, they'd be playing with these people. Yes, That's the issue. Is they will literally be like, she said she usually likes to date hot guys. We're going to give her the opposite of her type and then right. force her to marry him. And then it's great TV. Right. And it's just very stressful for me to be like, she honestly does not like this guy. Yes. The season last, last season was in Atlanta. You already knew it was a mess because it was in Atlanta, but <laughs> it was the most, I watched it with my old roommate. We watched it every week. It was the worst I got 
PT. Let me not actually not say that. I was triggered incredibly. <laughs> like mental health professional. I, I know. I like. Just, I cannot say I that. I cannot toss out PTSD. Like right, exactly. <laughs> but I definitely was triggered with one of the guys. His name was Chris. Uh, fuck you, Chris. Wherever you're at, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> he was <laughs> terrible. He's a narcissist, right? He was a narcissist. Yes. That makes for great reality TV, though. Like that's when they cast. That is what they're not looking for. Decent people who are really looking for love. They're looking for drama and narcissists who are like, I think I'm going to tell her I love her, but not mean it like things like that. And to the point where I would be watching and then he would say some nonsense or do something. And I would jump up so quickly that I give myself a Charlie horse, just screw like, that's why the fuck it was terrible. And like, that was around the time clubhouse started getting popular and he was up on clubhouse. Cause they had oh, like no. season, they had like episode commentary after every episode and he would be in the room. So be like Chris is in here and then he would leave and then he'd come back. It was a mess. So I'd be down because I know they're in Houston this season. Okay, it sounds like it's a done deal and we're going to be watching. Maybe that'll be a new segment on the show every week where we're going to be like (laughs) the breakdown. The breakdown. (laughs) That would be fun though. That would be. Do you still want to talk about what our weeks were like? Because we we already talked about it for like an hour offline. Oh yeah. We did talk about being more open open and honest yes if, open and if watch, honest if you watch real housewives of beverly hills you know that's from the season <laughs> is crazy but anyways just about like talking more personally about our lives so we yeah. can we can maybe start today or we can just be like no that was good we talked about married at first sight let's move on no let's yeah let's do it i think for my week i'm still pretty good i'm a little overwhelmed with work but who isn't Mm-hmm. Um, and then like outside of work, you know, your girl's trying to be out here dating and things like that. Um, uh, yeah, you know, and then you city trying to get to know new people. And I'm realizing too, that it's fun to just like, you know, date and treating dating as like, you know, getting to know people kind of like interviewing people to see if you like oh, them. God. You're like, uh, what's your five-year plan? <laughs> I mean, in so many words, but You're like, like, what do you bring to the table? <laughs> no, I would never say that. God, oh, my, my cousin asked i'm about to put her out my cousin with her ex-boyfriend when they were first dating asked him that on one of their first dates she said what do you bring to the table good for her she straight up interviewed him yeah like the lawyer she's about to be she was yeah. like um let's look over your resume hmm. <laughs> because like okay there are so many people in this world right seven billion people so what is that like three and a half billion men like anybody can be born and you can see that and living color on these dating apps, like anybody mm-hmm. and everybody is on there. So yeah, I'm going to make sure that the person who I'm talking to, I want to continue to spend time with them and yeah. like get to know them. <laughs> One person like, didn't make the cut, but it's okay. Yeah. You said 3 billion men. And I was like, and 2.99 billion of them ain't shit. I know, <laughs> like, maybe you true. do got to ask the questions. See, I don't think I ask enough questions. We were talking about that. I literally... <laughs> I get so scared about dating that I am just like, we're not dating. We're just hanging out. I know. It's like, no, we're going on dates. No, we're not. We're just getting to know each other. <laughs> scared <laughs> as shit. But because, anyway. Yeah, but anyway, we could go on and on and on about that. Anyways, child. <laughs> child, anyways. <laughs> so Cynthia is leading this episode today. So I'll let you kick it off. You found some fun topics for us to talk about. Yes. So I want to get started with the Met Gala because that happened this week. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize the Met Gala was supposed to be in May, but they rescheduled it to September or something like that. So there are some celebrities who that didn't make it because it was rescheduled. 
Um, one celebrity in particular didn't make it for other reasons. We'll probably talk about her later. But um, I don't know. I never really watched the Met Gala. I just see the pictures online like the day after and like, you know, judge what they're wearing as if I have like the money and the resources to even be where they're at. Because apparently it's like six figures to get a table at the Met Gala. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It just, it makes me feel so like Hunger Gamesy, where they're like the rich and elite were like the peasants were like, oh, I would love to just watch them. <laughs> like it's, I don't, I've never kept up with the Met Gala. I don't know what anybody wore this time around. I heard a lot of people didn't go. Like you said. Yeah. Apparently, like Billy Porter didn't go. Zendaya. Oh, she's the one to watch usually. Yeah. People didn't think Rihanna wasn't gonna go. She came like madly with um what's his face? Him. You don't you don't have to say it. Yeah, it's um, fables. Me and Rihanna have decided to um <laughs> what do you call it? We're on a break. Yeah. Respect our privacy at this time. I I, I wish her nothing but the best in her future <laughs> endeavors. I don't want to know anymore. I like, I'm so like, I don't want to hear any more Rihanna news. <laughs> <God. laughs> it's like, baby, what is you doing? Like, what? Is what? You doing? Oh, God. But again, she was with that billionaire before, which is like, anyway. I mean, and he was fine. I'm like, I know. you couldn't, you know, this is shitty, but I'm like, you couldn't make it work. Like, I don't know. But we don't know what he was like. We, we don't, don't know. know. You know, Anyways, child. I'm going to keep saying that. Anyways, child. Another episode. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, no, but no, honestly, like, I mean, it was disappointing to see her there with him, but also to see what she was wearing because I didn't get it. And, like, Rihanna used to come out, like, she used to, oh, my gosh, what she wore in, like, what, the 2018 Met Gala where the... Was that the, the yellow feather dress or no. the pink fluffy one? No, it was the one where she looked like the Pope. I actually liked that because it was about like, was it Sins and Sinners? I don't know what the <laughs> that theme was. Drag me to hell. Drag me to hell. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah, she. I, I did see that it's almost like she was getting dragged online. Like, yeah. like they look like they were in like pillowcases. They said her, and I refuse to say his name, the Same. guy that she is dating <laughs> they said his jacket looked like a bowl of cap and crunch like they were like they were like i've never seen people see this is how you, 2021 is different mm-hmm. people are getting dragged who we were like never dragging i never i know i know it scary. really is <laughs> oh, you know what the word what the saddest one i saw was you know meg the Stallion was there she looked good like she didn't it wasn't risky what she was wearing it was like still like cute but it wasn't like super risky for met gala but people zoomed in on her feet and unfortunately her they do that they keep doing that no and her like you know her toes were crouched over oh and, and stuff like that the manicure wasn't on super point you know because everybody is just like if it's not white toes square tip i'm not taking it i'm not having it so she didn't have that People are like, wow, she really, like, Meg really came out with her hooves and things like that. Oh, I was like, no. That's bad. Why would you say that? She has no excuse, though. I know. I, I can, we talked about people being mean to celebrities, but you're at the Met Gala. You couldn't have gotten a pedicure before you went. You couldn't have gotten, like, your size 11s or whatever you needed. Like, stop trying to squeeze into size 8s if they don't fit. Right. Like she should fire her stylist for that. Like people have been saying that she should fire her stylist too. So maybe this was the nail in the coffin. 
she'd be going through people though like she had ej as her stylist she had like jonathan who used to do her hair like i don't know maybe she's in between people or like maybe everybody who's good was booked and she was like anyways child i know <laughs> I, okay that's the last time i'm gonna say that that is i'm gonna overdo it it's gonna like wear out it's welcome <laughs> But I think like outside, I don't know if you saw any of the, like the outfits or anything like that, because I definitely have like a favorite that I really enjoyed. So, oh my gosh, what was my favorite again? I literally, so I actually really did love, no, I know my favorite, um, Iman. Hers is gorgeous. She had the yellow, like golden, like with the fan out and the really big headpiece. She looks stunning. What was the theme? the theme I think was like America or like Star Smingle Banner or something I don't know they're running out of themes the next theme's gonna be like Star Wars Star (laughs) Wars gonna be like uh uh uh, God bless the broken road that led me straight to you I don't know (laughs) like it's gonna be like like where y'all where y'all getting these from I know I don't even know actually I have um America a lexicon in fashion but what's funny is like I didn't see anybody wearing Tommy Hilfiger or Ralph Lauren everyone was wearing Gucci or like oh that's Versace. okay so I saw like a tweet that had gone kind of viral that was like what is American fashion and it was like dipset <laughs> like it was like <laughs> what, what's the guy who always wears pink Cameron Yes, Cameron. Oh, Cameron, Cameron. You yes. did not say Cameron. <laughs> I definitely didn't. I did that out. I did it out. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I think his first name is Cameron. So, hey. His government name. I his know him on that level. <laughs> she was talking about him on a personal level. Exactly. So rewind the laughter. Okay. Never happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody's outfits, but I, I trust you. If you say Iman looked good, I, I bet she did. She did. And I would say worst was um, Kim Kardashian. Oh, really? Yeah, because she was wearing like, uh, all. it looked like, you know, book covers you used to have in elementary school that were like fabric and stretchy. It looks like she was wearing that over her whole body, but in black. So she looked demonic. I mean, I'm not. Is that the photo that I I saw a photo of like Kendall Jenner next to somebody wearing uh, their whole face? Like everything was black. That was Kim. Oh, that shit is weird. Kanye got to her. She was trying to impress Kanye. I know, trying to get him back. Maybe, because that is not her style at all. Her style is big titties and like, just like, how do I wear body con and like show every curve of my body with my face, my face very much present. Showing. There was someone who was like, um, I guess her makeup artist posted like getting Kim ready for the Met Gala. And so it was like, but why? (laughs) Like, what's our face? What what did you do? What did you do? They stained her book cover that she wore. See, it doesn't even surprise me that she's there. Like you literally started this off by saying most of the popular people weren't there. Kim still showed her ass. I know. Um, like, cause this is her job is to be like photographed and be seen. And I don't even want to talk. I don't want her name in my mouth at all. Yeah, <laughs> just, fair enough. so bitter to me. Like, yeah, ugh. which is why she was the worst. And there were like, the last thing I'll say is there were a bunch of people who I was like, why are they there? like TikTok people and people from YouTube. And it's like- That's the culture now. I mean, I don't know. They're about to be on The View. (laughs) (laughs) The new Oprah about to be like, uh, hey, Tony TV. (laughs) (laughs) The administrator guy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. I would watch that though. 
I would watch it. I would watch it. I remember he had all off to the side. Yes. I saw he had a video. It was like during the summer before school started. And he was like, now where am I going to film at when school starts? <laughs> I guess he still found a place. I would love to know who his connect is. Who's I his know. plug to get into the schools to like record these videos? He does casting calls sometimes. I'm just uh, like, yeah. story. he'll be like, I need five people as extras. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh they're too it's too funny but yeah i guess so you didn't see much of the met gala but I like it's all very little yet yeah have you like been into fashion at the met gala before no like past ones i mean that's Mm-mm. fair <laughs> that's i mean fair. no there was a point maybe in college when we did go like you know when i was younger it actually did follow the trending topics mm-hmm. on twitter and was like okay oh, I have to see what everybody is wearing because I need to form my own opinions. But now it really does feel like eat the rich. I know that's like such a like corny thing to say, but it really just feels like they get to flaunt their excessive wealth in mm-hmm. front of us. And we're supposed to be like, goody, I love this. I have opinions <laughs> on things I can't afford. Like, not that your opinions aren't valid because you just gave them. <laughs> oh yeah, but shit, I can't afford it. So <laughs> whatever. I like to stay in my lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From afar. With like eight like binoculars looking through. Yeah. It's like, I can't see. But speaking of Eat the Rich, AOC was there at the Met Gala. Oh, I did see that. I was literally yeah. like, politicians are at this. I know. Okay. I know. What are you doing? It like- was very interesting. I mean, like, so I did see someone who was like hot take, you know, everyone's, you know, people are pissed at her for being there and wearing that dress that said Eat the Rich. But it's like sometimes, you know, you kind of have to use your privilege in order to make a message or something like that. And I was like, I mean, I get that too. And I think, I don't know, I can't recall how she paid or if she was like invited by the designer. She, the she crowdfunded. She did her gra- or her grassroots thing. Her grassroots. <laughs> like, <laughs> get me to the Met like, Gala. I need your help in getting me to the Met Gala. In order to eat the rich, I need to feed them first. So please, <laughs> I, like. I, I don't understand See, we just said stay in your lane. I'm she's supposed to be a public figure because she's a politician mm-hmm. and she's saying things that people have thought for a long time and she's trying to push it in the White House. Where, where do they meet? I don't know. God. Congress? You know what? Scratch that. <laughs> Skirt. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> I don't wanna... She's supposed to be like representing the people. So why is she at the Met Gala with celebrities? I, I don't understand. That's the same reason why I don't like d-ray that that activist with the, oh with the blue with, vest with the, with the back to the future vest or whatever yeah he was at the met gala i don't like or last that. year or something. i don't like people who are supposed to work for the people being like i'm a celebrity now and i've branded myself like mm-hmm. what are you you're not supposed to be getting rich off this like what are you doing that's how it's become like another like commodity speaking of which like that one um apparently reality show called the activist where oh my god that whole thing i mean i heard that they they're like going back to the drawing board and kind of revamping it <laughs> but usher as a judge priyanka chopra as a judge why would you even agree to judge i would literally like my agent would pitch that to me and i would laugh my ass off i'd be like hell no why would i do that like i would be like i feel sorry for whoever's dumb enough to need the check or like because like they're about to get dragged for this like what 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 is even I don't even know what that was gonna look like like they get it on a stage in front of a mic and read a proposal and they go go through a slideshow or it's like what are you doing for like our stakeholders like exactly and like so 
each round they just keep talking about that charity or their cause and then they win money at the end that doesn't go to them i'm assuming right it goes to the thing but it's like why should we have to now have it be a competition where people might have to like do an obstacle course in order to get like funds for like their indigenous folks organization like it doesn't make sense well the same reason why you have to like apply to scholarships and stuff like that because everybody Mm -hmm. can't have everything so (laughs) yeah we you do have to like impress us to get this but it shouldn't be a tv popular ratings kind of thing like it should be a write-in contest or something like a grant or something without the regulations of it being a grant because it should be something like that but anyways child oh i did it again (laughs) (laughs) second nature but i think that's a really good transition into like okay the met gala folks were there folks weren't there and somebody who just had to open their mouth and tell us why they weren't there and the reason for it was Nicki Minaj. And I think this whole Nicki talking about the vaccine and how it gave her cousin, she made him impotent has just taken, a, it's, it's gotten a life of its own and it's become way too much. And I just feel embarrassed again, because last week we were talking about how her, she was in that picture with Rihanna and their ancient men. And I just feel like I'm fighting for my life, trying to defend Nicki Minaj. And I don't know if I can do it anymore. (laughs) I'm looking up the tweet because we have to read it verbatim. Yes. And so she goes on to say, uh, page six, the source I'm getting this from says, she claims that her cousin in Trinidad refuses to get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. She alleged his (laughs) friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. See, like maybe mm-hmm. 50, 40% of what she was saying was like, okay. It, it was about, you know, like, I'm not just going to get vaccinated for the Met Gala, which I appreciate being like, if I feel weird about this, I'm not just going to suck it up because of some highfalutin, like mm. pop culture event. I want to make sure I'm comfortable with it. I agree. Like you should not get bullied into doing something that you're uncomfortable with. I don't agree with that fake ass story that she told about her cousin's best friend's hairdresser's barber, <laughs> uh, preacher's wife's. Like, I don't believe that story at all. And I feel like even the health minister or something of like Trinidad was I like, know. was like, there is no such reported. <laughs> that was a lie. And you know what it really was potentially, allegedly, potentially, allegedly, maybe he cheated on her. And that's the reason. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that had to do with- It was with- an STI. That's yeah, what it was. That's what it was. There were so literally multiple people being like, that sounds like this or this or this. And those are all STIs. So hmm. yeah. <laughs> Somebody wow. tweeted something that was like, my, my, my cousin got the vaccine. And then a week later, he was like sued for child support of an <laughs> eight-year-old that he did not know he had. <laughs> It was like, <laughs> you see, that's why I'm not taking the vaccine. <laughs> exactly. People were like joking in the thread, like, see the transmitters and the vaccine linked to your bank records. And they're <laughs> able to like, look at your social security number. <laughs> and <laughs> somebody was like, I was embezzling money for 15 years and I got the vaccine and then was arrested and indicted. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Y'all do your research. <laughs> for triple p fraud all the time after getting the vaccine <laughs> well, some of that. see and it's just like 
it's so sad, right? Because that could have been something that just remained in her drafts or remained in her circle. She could have told her anybody about this, but she had to tweet it. And of course, because Nikki responds to everything, now she's retweeting people who are agreeing with her and then going at Joy Reid, who's like talking about it on her show and now going at all these people. And it's turned into this whole thing, Minister of you know Health and Trinidad has to say something about it. Tucker Carlson made a point to talk about it. Now it's like she's going to the White House or something to talk no, to somebody. No, she's not. It's like, um, <laughs> I feel I, there is a good theory that some people have that because of what's going on with her husband she's just trying to deflect now she's tweeting up a storm posting a bunch of things like she's just going off on people trying to trend in a different way i i do believe it's like misdirection it's like if i get y'all talking about this you're gonna forget about this shit show i mm -hmm. have over here with this guy yes. i'm married to if you could could you enlighten us on some of the shit show that's going on with her husband i think we talked about it right that she her um they're getting sued because they maybe we didn't we oh, no. only talked about the picture with oh god i said his name oh you can, you can edit that out <laughs> i'm gonna bleep it out <laughs> um yeah that they are getting sued because no, we did talk about this because I was like, $500,000 is not enough. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> the woman that he was convicted of assaulting sexually, they have been harassing her, bribing her, and even sending people to threaten her uh, so that she will recant because he keeps getting um, arrested. Uh, he got arrested, I believe, because they moved to California from New York and he did not re-register as a sex offender. And as we know, like this is affecting their whole life. Like they probably weren't at the VMAs because there was a Chuck E. Cheese like two miles away and he mm -hmm. can't be near no kids. Mm -hmm. He won't be able to take his own kid to school. Like there, it's a lot, it's gonna be a, a horrible uphill battle even being together, which is why I'm like, so you knew his record when you got with him, right? Like right. she's so fucking weird to me, like her own brother, she like paid for his case and I think he yeah. was convicted anyways. Like mm -hmm. she's worked with Takashi 69. It's almost Eey. like she has a weird kinship with men who abuse women. Eey. It's it's getting weird, huh? It's like, getting weird. And to add this whole thing, like if this really was like trying to deflect from this whole situation, it's like at what cost, really? Like at what cost? Because I can see the cost. The costs are now you've increased vaccine hesitancy in some of the barbs and other people, you know, inadvertently. And I did see more people than not being like dragging her. I've never seen Good. this many people drag her on the internet ever. Wow. Of course, her barbs were like, why y'all so mad? Why y'all pressed? Which is when people say that, you know that they're like, okay, she fucked up. Yeah. There's nothing else we can say but be like, y'all are just jealous. <laughs> no, I'm jealous of and her, you're jealous of her cousin. That's what you're jealous of. Oh, uh. I just like, yeah, I can't talk about her. She keeps pushing this whole lot of money song like it's the best song of her career. And I'm like, <laughs> who is the girl you even did the song with? Like, we don't know her, sis. Like, no. And what's funny is, I guess she was at the Met Gala and she looked like, Coyle Ray, Saweetie, she looked like eight different people at once. And the caption on the picture on Twitter was like, who is this? Like, she looks like everyone. <laughs> because there is a certain look that they push. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe that'll be a topic someday that there are certain people who are just not very talented who get pushed to the top and they are regarded. Like, the joke about Sweetie is that she's not very good at rapping. 
yet she's yes. like one of the biggest female rappers of our oh god i was about to say of our time of this um, time and this time of, of, of this 2021 year. yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> fall of 2021 exactly so it's it's a thing for sure i don't know like also whenever i see her name i think i mentioned this before but i just think of bia which is come and ibo like come here bia mm-hmm. and but her name is bia. oh my god <laughs> and I just, whenever i see it i'm just like okay i'm coming and see and i think of bia bia why you acting like it <laughs> bia bia <laughs> I'm like, whatever from, uh, the dfw area for sure so. <laughs> Uh, but you know, with Nikki, you know, I don't know. Cause I still, again, I still enjoy her and I want to see her win. And when she I was don't. quiet, she was I don't want to see her win. Why do people keep saying that? They so said that I, on the read too. They were like, they, they were talking about these allegations about her bribing and threatening this girl. And we're like, come on, Nikki, you can do better. We, we want to see you win. I was like, why? I know. What? She is threatening sexual assault victims what yeah. if she married a sex offender you're right what 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 about that do you want to see her win and she's already winning she could literally shut up for the rest of her life and still be rich and be just fine but she prefers to flaunt her husband and to talk and spread untrue information like i don't want the best for her i could give less of a fuck i could not give could not i couldn't I could not give less of a fuck. Could not give less of a fuck. You know what? <laughs> See, and when you speak truth, the universe tries to silence you. Maybe that's why no one is saying what you're saying because it's the truth. No, it's just that I, I went on a whole spiel about Drake in an episode earlier, an earlier episode, and I cut it all out. I think I cut most of it out. Maybe I kept some of it in. When I edit our episodes, I don't go back and listen on Oh, <laughs> I know we went about like the whole Millie and all that stuff. Yeah, I think I kept some some of it in. I kept some of it in because uh, I felt like it was important that it be on record somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like nobody's trying to hear it. So it's like I get tired of saying it. So Mm -hmm. moving on. Moving on. John Mulaney and Olivia Munn. Oh, God. And all of that stuff. And I will say, as someone who enjoys comedy, and especially like in high school, I I like John Mulaney. I like to stand up. I think it was in high school when new in town came out and i really liked it and mm-hmm. um thought he was very funny didn't realize that he had a really dark past with regards to addiction and he made it sound years. funny in new in town so i didn't really when he was joking about not drinking and being sober i kind of took it as like not a serious thing mm-hmm. so yeah. but he had been doing it since he was like 12 or something like he's had a mm-hmm. a really challenging history with it but all in all um, you know, he's talked about that. He's also talked about the fact that he really loves his wife, um, who I he, love my wife. I love, I my, love my wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but John Mulaney and the challenging history that he's had with addiction. Um, he's also talked about his wife and how much he loves her, but they got separated. And shortly after he went to um treatment, I think he went to rehab for substance use, cocaine and alcohol specifically. Then he got out of treatment. The The whole timeline is very interesting. He got into treatment, got out of treatment, separated from his wife, I believe. Wait, so and the separation came first or after? After, because he went into uh, rehab twice. So he had already separated by the second time he went into rehab because after he came out, he was doing his thing. And then I think he relapsed. 
and then he had an intervention with a bunch of other like comedians because he hosted SNL and then he relapsed Mm. so other people there was an intervention I think his wife was there I can't call it they separated by then this was on the span of a year then he went back to rehab came out started dating Olivia Munn allegedly and then now she's pregnant the timeline seems very sus in the sense that well number one you really shouldn't be having a lot of major life changes um while trying to make sure that you manage sobriety and getting in a really serious relationship and having a child is a really significant life change. Um, And then also people are, you know, the streets are saying like, well, he was probably with Olivia prior to the separation or she was the reason for it. I don't know. Mm. But it's just, I think the main thing is like, you have a person who presented themselves in a way in their standup and in their writing and things like that. Um, and now people are kind of like, you know, taken out of left field, if that's even the word. All of that is an act. Stand-up mm-hmm. is an act. I think we saw mm-hmm. with Aziz Ansari for sure that they can yeah. cultivate or curate any kind of image and make anything funny and say whatever. And it's not the truth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was, oh my gosh, did you see that? It was actually trending on Twitter because in December 2020, Olivia Munn had tweeted sending all the love to John Mulaney during this time because I guess that's when he first relapsed or was it going to rehab? That's when we like, it became public news, I guess. Oh. So everybody everybody was quote tweeting that and was going sending all the love to me winning a million dollars in the lottery this week. <laughs> like you're in my thoughts, like just <laughs> basically just taking out the John Mulaney and putting in what they want for themselves. Yeah. It's like, bitch, you were telling him like, oh, sending you all the love. And now like eight months later, nine months later, y'all are having a baby. Right. Y'all were, y'all were bumping uglies when you yes. were saying, sending him all the love. And we're right. Just, oh, she's not nine months. She's probably just like a few months, maybe four or five months. So shortly after she said that, she yeah. got with him. So it's like, I can't blame her because women will always just do whatever, you know, like we all want to be loved, even if it doesn't look right but like him as a a man I just really hate seeing and he's not the only one who does this like Mm -hmm. Kanye is doing it I hate when men are in the middle of getting like separated or divorced and Mm -hmm. already are stepping out with new a new girlfriend like it didn't matter or didn't mean anything like Mm -hmm. marriage like you don't want to take some time or like just be respectful of your wife like that is so disrespectful to me to be married to someone they were married for a long time mm-hmm. and to like be separated and immediately get somebody else pregnant. Right. Right. And it also sounds like, I don't know the term for it legally, but he filed the filed the marriage and she filed was like, for divorce. filed for all oh, your rights, filed for divorce. <laughs> he did that filed the marriage. He, he did filed that. The marriage now. He filed the marriage. <laughs> he filed the marriage now. <laughs> So he did that. And then she had to like come up with a statement being like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that he ended our marriage or something like Ooh, that. So it was clear it was that it was. Those. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think she was on board with it. Did you watch that Selling Sunset show, by the way? I did. Yeah. That sounds like that. Where like. It does. She literally found out through mm-hmm. the media with everybody else. I think that that's her husband happened. filed for a divorce. Mm-hmm. Like he, I think he actually just texted her like a few hours before everybody else found out. Yeah. Some people are sick. Like that's you are, so bad. It was so like... sick and twisted to not even talk to your partner about possibly needing space or a separation, but just going ahead and being like, I'm going to file and she can figure it out later. Right. Which if that's what really happened, that's, that's terrible. Terrifying. I cannot imagine anyone, any adult doing that, at least like if you're separated for a year or something, 
And then someone falls for divorce. It's like, okay, well, this was going to happen, but. Honestly, that shit sounds like white people stuff. Though. It <laughs> like does. That, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, I don't know that I could marry a white man because y'all be doing shit like filing for divorce without telling anybody. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I've seen people say like, you know, I wish, you know, at least John's happy and I wish him and Olivia the best. I don't care. I just find it so interesting. She said that? His wife said that. No, his wife isn't. She's going through it. She's like an artist. So she's posted a lot of her pieces about that just really signify her going through grief of the relationship. Mm. It's really sad. It's just random people on like Twitter and TikTok being like, John deserves the best and he's so this and that. And, that. and it's like, Girl, I don't shut up. care. What are you talking about? <laughs> talking about? He left. He deserves a, Olivia Munn is the best. Like, right. I don't really like her either. I don't know. She's just one of those. I literally know next to nothing about her but there is something about her i don't like yeah there's yeah. just something about her that feels like ew like ugh. Do you know what i think so for me what? personally there was a tv channel called g4 that used to be on tv it was like a gaming tv uh-huh. channel and my brother used to watch it all the time so i knew of it and they had a sh- something called attack of the show or some type of show that my brother used to watch all the time i hated it because she was the host of it and she was giving very much like, oh, I play Call of Duty. Boys love me. I'm cute. But very like pick me energy of like, I'm not like other girls. I don't wear makeup. And but I like playing Call of Duty and I'm hot anyway. That's how the thing. And ever since then, I just never really liked her. That's my origin story. I don't know about other people. Yeah, fuck her. So our topic today, um, this very well relevant to the both of us, is black hair, specifically being a black woman and having to deal with our hair type in the world and how that is basically a reflection on our, of our womanhood, um, which is outside of our control. So um, I thought we would just start off by talking about our experiences with, you know, black hair and being women mm-hmm. and how it's been. Definitely. So all I know, I don't know if my experience is a typical Nigerian experience, but like never taught anything about natural hair, never taught anything about how to actually maintain your hair or keep it healthy like grew up on like getting perms from the age of like six seven years old so you're already like draining your hair of all its nutrients thinning your hair out Mm -hmm. using pink lotion which is like the devil's nectar I don't know what the (laughs) shit that is like it's awful for you and then you know pretty much just I feel like the culture and you know maybe again I'm not speaking for anybody other than myself but it's always felt to me like I was raised in a culture of hide your hair, like what it is naturally is not good. Mm-hmm. So we got to like chemical <laughs> chemicals up the wazoo to like make it straight and shiny and whatever. And then we got to cover it, like wrap it up in braids and whatever and crochet that style that every like seven year old girl has. Yes. Christmas hair, we called it. We got to do something because it's not good the way it is. And then as soon as you're like 14, you're getting your first weave because like, again, what you have is not good enough. So we got to like figure it out. And then we all like graduate to a wig eventually because it's Mm -hmm. just easier. And it's through the wig movement that we are able to actually take care of our own hair because we're not having to put a bunch of chemicals in it each day. Like we don't have to like put crack in it what do they call it the creamy crack the creamy crack we don't have to put relaxers in our hair to have straight hair we can be like cool i just bought this cute wig i can like color and dye my hair any way i want i've like actually moved on to like dye my real hair and i'm like blowing it out and learning new things i can do with it i'm really trying to get like a, a kinky straight like ponytail and like just, i'm excited to like do newer things with it that i wasn't taught growing up 
Mm-hmm. That's my same experience, like getting relaxers from a very early age, the relaxer in the box, just for me, dark and lovely. <laughs> I remember they used to have like the instructions on a cassette tape. Like you would play the cassette tape for the instructions and then you mix the developer and all that stuff. Having it sit, making sure you have it sit long enough so it takes, even though it burns, you keep it on your hair. My mom was a, she didn't wear the gloves because it came with gloves. Oh, I was literally about to be like, was your mom a goon like mine was? Yes. Because like they don't wear. They don't wear gloves. Harsh. Chemicals. Like chemicals. And they are literally just dipping their hands in it and smoothing. Did your mom also like comb your hair? Yes. With the rela- oh, the, the desper- pointy comb, the, the rat des- tail comb. The desperation for straight hair was like dangerous, crazy, irrational. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. whoa. Yes, doing all of that. And then when we graduated to going to the salon to get relaxers in or perms or whatever, then we started doing, we always like got braids because my mom would braid our hair. But if we, if it was like a special thing, we would go and get like single braids, like not even box braids, <laughs> single or micro braids at some auntie's house in Grand right. Prairie and just be there all day. And then uh, quick weaves was a thing at like the barber college. So we would get quick weaves where you just glue the tracks onto your scalp. Oh my gosh, I've done that. Yeah. Gluins. Gluins. <laughs> <laughs> and all this shit just sounds so desperate. Like so, literally uh, applying glue to your own hair. Yes. Although so they I, I feel like they do that in like model shoots too, though. Like like they do a lot of shit that damages your hair if you're a model just because they need something quick and efficient for the shoot. Yes, but I was 15 and I remember getting a quick leave at 15, and I used to be in the marching band. And we had a hat that we would wear. I remember taking the mm-hmm. hat off after marching at a game and the weave bondage glue had melted. Mm. So the track was coming off <laughs> as I took the hat off. <laughs> I went to sit down and I happened to see my reflection in a fucking instrument. I think like some euphonium. And I saw the track was like off. I was oh, like, wow. No. Uh, no. It was, you know, we lived life, but. We, sim- we simply weep for those, those young we- girls. Oh we my gosh. Jesus wept. She didn't know no better. She no. didn't know. Not at all. <laughs> but like now as an adult, as an adult, I'm like learning more about, again, like natural hair. I did a big chop in college, um, but I still wore like, you know, weave and wigs all the way through. And I didn't really embrace my natural hair truly until I like was in grad school. After I actually, I lost a lot of hair in grad school because of the mm. stress. And it was only at then that I fully was like, oh, I need to take care of my actual hair. So it's been a journey and it's been a journey of insecurity and it's been an expensive journey because it costs so much money. It is so expensive to take care of your hair as a black woman. Like you're constantly also just trying out new uh, products because it's like, oh, this person said this works even better. This is better for moisture. Oh, this is better for hair growth. This is better for this. I got to try this. Like constantly and then you got to replenish things as they come out as you like run out of them like it's expensive and for the longest time it always felt like I can't win like I like the natural hair that I have is not beautiful nobody likes it nobody want to see it or whatever and then like if I do wear like a wig or something to try to fit in it's like I'm judged for that too like Mm -hmm. the whole oh you got a wig (laughs) oh is that a wig oh by wig like it's like what the hell do you want from us like oh my gosh maybe I should have just shaved my head bald like but then they would have laughed at that too like oh right you bald-headed hoe like type of (laughs) shit like okay like y'all hate us just say it that's what it is and it's really bad it's really hard because from a young age you've been taught to 
not be okay with how your hair is in its natural state. There are some people who don't, who that reality doesn't, is not theirs. There's some people who grew up like with natural hair and their hair was taken care of. I'm not speaking about y'all. I'm talking about people who've been getting perms or elastic since age seven. And it takes like decades almost of unlearning to remove yourself from that while in the context of feeling guilty about still wearing protective styles or things like that because you never really learn how to manage your hair and trying to teach yourself is empowering absolutely and it's been a really great journey but it's been a journey and it's definitely been one that I'm glad to have been on but I'm not going to say that it wasn't easy it's a lot of fucking work too like I mean there literally sometimes it does feel like there is not there's no winning or like the the victories are short-lived because Mm -hmm. like you have to do so much work like the women who do like co-washes and wash day and wash and goes and all of these styles that are natural that take a long time to like a twist out like this shit is not just like a 30 minute oh get up do a little thing and go it's like some of these styles you have to start the night before the night before like it takes so much time like you got to constantly be going into your scalp and your hair with products to keep it moisturized because our hair dries out easily like Mm -hmm. there's just so much that you have to do even when I like blow out my hair it is a three-hour process it takes a long time and so Mm -hmm. that's why like it's for me now I can proudly say I don't wear wigs because I'm like ashamed of my hair I love yeah. my hair if I could afford to go to the beauty salon every two weeks I would fucking go and just wear my real hair mm-hmm. it's just like that would be super expensive and doing it myself is really hard it's expensive either way and mm-hmm. it's time consuming like it is it is I remember I did twist outs pretty much almost all of last year where it would be like the night before I would go to work or something and just like, you know, have my 45 minute YouTube video of commentary of some show I'm watching and just get, you know, settled in and let's get it. Like just doing that the night before and then wrapping and then making sure you wake up and don't be someone who works out, you know, cause that's a mm. whole other thing. You can't do shit if you work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I work out, I can't blow out my hair. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're right back to where we were. The shrinkage is mm-hmm. real. Yes. <laughs> And it's like, this is just like an open safe space to talk about these things, not necessarily to complain. Oh yeah, to complain. But it's just like, it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating that not only do you have to spend all this money, but you have to take all this time and resources to take care of something that just naturally grows out of our scalp this way. Right. And I'm wondering like, why is that? Why has this been so commodified? Like, I mean, they, I feel like I heard somewhere, no Nicki Minaj, but I heard (laughs) that like black women are the most lucrative sector of like Mm -hmm. beauty market because we not only do we, we've been taught we need so much Mm -hmm. because I think we've been taught like, you're not feminine naturally as you are like y'all are masculine. Y'all are not delicate. Y'all aren't naturally beautiful. So we have to like spend more on everything and like the things that target us up the price. I am convinced mm-hmm. that like these things we're paying for hair products aren't, they're overcharging us for it. And they oh, can, because yeah. we can't live without them. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's I'm not done. fair. It isn't because I, okay, can't you? I've been there. Carol's daughter, Shea Moisture, Miel, mm-hmm. literally every single brand, uh, Miss uh, Aunt Jackie, you know, everything. I've tried everything. And like a shampoo is $17.99, you know, yeah. and that not just shampoo, the conditioner, the leave-in, 
Oh, and yeah. then all these other things. It's not just, the, it's not just, it's the shampoo, the conditioner, the leave-in, the serum, mm-hmm. the, like the, the pomade, mm-hmm. the hairspray, the like, uh, edge control, edge gel. control, thermal spray so that mm-hmm. your hair doesn't like burn. If you're like flat ironing it, like mm-hmm. there is an abundance of things that you are going to need or that you're like told you need. And I mean, who's even to say how much of the stuff we really do need, right? It's just like, it really does. That's, I feel like it's, it's not even complaining. It's just the reality of the situation. Like it is a constant struggle. And when you do have a good hair day, it's so worth it because you invested so much time and energy into it. And I will say, I will pay whatever to look good. There is no price for me when it comes to like looking good. I know. Absolutely. I've spent almost I think it was 350 for Marley twists. That's sad. That is sad. Marley twist, Marley twist, where I had to go, I had to leave the shop and go buy more hair with my head half done. Like <laughs> sad. But it looked good, didn't it? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't 350. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When it's a ridiculous did she tell you the price beforehand or did she like no like, shaft you and like hundred <laughs> percent? Oh, and I was like, Auntie. <laughs> What do you mean? So can you haggle after and be like, girl, it's done. So you're going to hold me hostage. (laughs) (laughs) I could just leave. Uh, Yeah. It's frustrating. But I think at the end of the day, kind of thinking about like, okay, what does this mean for us moving forward? Do you ever see a world where like buying, you know, Carol's daughter or something like that will cost the same as buying something that's like Pantene or that? Yeah. No, I don't see a world where, because why that's capitalism 101 is supply and demand like mm-hmm. as long as there's a lot of us who are like we need these products we need these products they're gonna be like cool and we're gonna charge you a lot for them whereas like i feel like i mean i don't have very many white friends at this point in my life hallelujah but oops, maybe i'm gonna have to you know no, i'm keeping keep, it in keep it, keep in. it in keep it in <laughs> i have been in. delivered <laughs> i but, am delivered <laughs> but um <laughs> um i don't i've never known white women to need that much unless she's just like a diva like that like the type of girl who wears like a full face of makeup most days and like it's always trying out new styles and stuff like that most white women are pretty basic so they mm-hmm. like don't even I feel like they don't even use conditioner a lot of the time. Like they don't, Hi. they don't have like a five, they don't wash their legs, honey. Like You're what right. do you, <laughs> oh God, we are like auto roll. Like, geez. <laughs> I'm like, you think if they don't wash their legs, they wash, anyways. <laughs> the point is that they don't have steps one through 10 to get right. their hair ready for the day. So mm-hmm. like, there is no real reason to charge them more than like four or five, seven bucks for like some shampoo or conditioner. Cause like they, they've never been taught. I need like all of this shit to look good. Right. Whereas they, we have. Yeah. To the point where I could never imagine just not doing all of that. I mean, like I could, and it's not that I like, Oh, I feel so insecure that I can't. I just feel like that's just part of who I am. Like ha- taking care of my hair in that way and like I, feel I don't like know. my hair my hair would fall out like I my hair feels so healthy because of all the stuff that mm-hmm. I do and all of the products that I like invest in it's an investment like it is I can't imagine just being like I'm only going to use shampoo and conditioner and then if it that's it like my hair would no. literally dry out and fall out like you have which, to. Speaking of which, there was a movement last year. My friend was telling me about it where we're moving away because there's a lock method 
of like having to moisturize your hair. Like after you wash it and condition your hair, use a leave-in, you use an oil, and then you use a cream or a butter to like hold in all the moisture Mm -hmm. or the LCO, like you swap the oil and the cream. But people are saying like, don't use butters, don't use oils on your hair because it dries it out. All you need to do is just wash your hair and then seal it with gel. Girl, bye. I don't know stuff like that. There's always somebody saying, actually, you don't need these. Do what works for your hair. Like at some point in your hair, your natural hair journey or just your hair care journey, like you realize what you've, which products make your hair feel the best. So just Mm -hmm. do that. And I think honestly, it's just about being happy where you are. Like stop looking for the, the newest concoction or idea. I saw like this video of, of Cardi B being like, I grew out my hair 20 inches because I mixed egg yolks with avocados with mayonnaise with ranch dressing with olive oil or whatever and I put it in the blender and like once a week I'll like coat my hair in that or whatever and it, it's made my hair grow so much longer and I'm she's also to- Dominican like yeah and yeah yeah so to me it's like mm, I won't even get into the biracial aspect of it oh yeah to me it's like these crazy concoctions that were sold is like the reason your hair isn't healthy or like all the way down your back. Your hair could be. You're just not doing all of these crazy concoctions that I'm like, keep your concoctions. Like, <laughs> concoctions. Girl, it doesn't. That's why I'm like team wig all day. Cause I'm like, it is not that serious. Like, at least I can color and cut my hair as I wish, do whatever I want mm-hmm. and start again in three months or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's, I can do whatever and it looks good and I don't have to feel like, so much pressure about even though I feel pressure about my hair anyway I feel like less pressure just knowing at least with this wig it's just easier to maintain and whenever I do want to switch back to my real hair or whatever and do something with that I can do that at any time Mm -hmm. it's not that serious right I feel that way with braids I've grown to really love braids like I love box braids I feel like they're just so easy to work with um in the middle I like I mean I got a I gotta take these out, but I really do like it. It's, it's very easy to work with. Cause before when I was just like, I was just doing twist outs and things like that. Like it was cute for a while, but then you get mm-hmm. bored of it, you know? And it takes like a whole other thing, which even like lastly speaking, like in the workplace too, I feel, I definitely feel more comfortable like with twist outs and things like that. But I know for a lot of people that wasn't the case. And now they're doing all these different like legislations and things with the crown act to help like, you know, not regulate but at least provide some protection for black women who wear their natural hair out and I wonder because that's happening policy-wise if that's kind of speaking to this like cultural shift and acceptance of black hair and no matter what form it's in so I've never heard of the crown act before you can you explain what that is again yeah so the crown act it's like a series of different legislations that have been put forth to protect black women and their natural hair in the workplace and I think it stands for create a, res- a respectful and open world for natural hair. So that's something that I think it's been promoted by Dove and like other organizations, but basically it's just been lobbied to be implemented in different like jurisdictions to support natural hair. Cause there've been stories about like girls in like South Africa who've been kicked out of school for like wearing right. their natural hair or locks or anything like that. Um, so that's kind of been where it's been propagating and I think overall, it's like a great movement, right? Like it's empowering and helps provide awareness to this topic and things like that. But some part of me wonders, like, this is excellent. And I'm glad that this is happening. But what does this mean for like the every day to day 
when you're just like, oh, like how does this impact like, okay, the access we have to these products in order to take care of our hair or, you know, making you like how it, how black women with natural hair and natural protective styles are perceived in society. Those two are completely different things. So the first Mm. thing sounds like it's about money. If you're Mm -hmm. talking about access, like how can they afford these expensive products? That is, I just don't think that's something we can solve as long as capitalism is here. Even if you have black owned brands, they are going to try to make as much money off of their products as possible. And a lot of them end up selling out to like white brands, like Mm -hmm. they sell their majority ownership or whatever. So that's not gonna, that's not gonna change. As for like, I guess representation is what we're getting into, which I've seen so many more celebrities with natural hair and like influencers, beautiful women, you know, I won't get into how it, sometimes it feels like the face of the natural hair movement is like the biracial. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but at right. least I started feeling more comfortable with my hair when I saw other women and saw different things you could do and realizing like, it's not just about wearing a fro, like you can twist out your hair, like you can do different things. Braids are cute. Uh, kinky curly like ponytails kinky straight ponytails like the blowout look is great like there's a lot you can do with your hair that I hadn't seen before Mm -hmm. that is true and I think that to me is a great a sign for movement in a great or better direction because you'll see people like you know like Issa Rae for example I've gotten so Mm -hmm. much inspiration um not just from seeing her out and about with her natural hair but like the styles that she does and that her stylist does for her um, that's been super cool to see and seeing like other women who've been doing similar things. So yeah. I think like in that sense, it's great. Um, and I don't know, I guess it's just something that we just are intentionally having to work towards. I will say though, that women, you know, millennial black women and even some Gen Z black women who've started to have kids, like they're very intentional about like promoting empowerment and saying that your hair is beautiful and having, you know, their young girls wear their <laughs> natural hair. My black is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but things like that and having their kids in locks and stuff. And I think that's yeah. great. I think that's great. And that to me just makes me more hopeful for the future. That's what's great is like a lot of what is popular changes over time. Yes. And like things that we felt horrible about or weren't acceptable like back then now they're like highly praised and regarded and I think that's just like great for the future exactly excitement about that for sure Cynthia what is your mental health tip this week yeah so my mental health tip is basically on distress tolerance and distress tolerance is just is kind of like how do we manage these really negative feelings that we have Because last time I talked about how negative feelings can come from how you interpret and think about events and situations, um, which is, you know, fine. Actually, no, it's not fine because we fix that in therapy, but, or we address that rather. But okay, so you got the feeling, right? The feeling's still there. What are you going to do about it? And dialectical behavior therapy or DBT kind of shows us and gives us different strategies and skills to really manage those really negative feelings when they happen. And at least in DBT, it's meant for folks who... It was developed for folks who have borderline personality disorder, but a lot of the skills are still very relevant. And one thing that they kind of emphasize is, okay, you're having these really negative feelings. They're not gonna last forever, especially when they're really big. And they usually lessen in intensity over time. So there is an acronym for kind of how we manage that um, by kind of distracting ourselves from those emotions until they subside. And the acronym is ACCEPTS. 
that helps us kind of remind, gives us things that remind us of like, okay, how can we distract ourselves from the emotions, not ignore them, but they're going to just, they're going to subside eventually. So what can we do to help with that process? The A in ACCEPT stands for activities. So kind of engaging activities that require thought and concentration to help you kind of distract yourself. So that could be like, you know, doing a specific hobby that you like, or working on a project or something that gives you something to be productive. The C is contributing. So focus on someone or something other than yourself. So like contributing to something else that's not really related to yourself. So you can volunteer, you can, you know, do some altruistic good deeds, something that can contribute to a person or to a cause. Um, the next C is comparisons. So kind of look at your situation in comparison to, you know, something worse. And this is something that takes balance because you don't want to be like, well, at least it's not like, you know, at least I'm not starving. Like you don't want to mm -hmm. think like that. But remember that, you know, there might have been a time where you went more pain or someone else was going through more, something more difficult and kind of helps ground what your experiences are in. Um, the E is for emotions. So do something that will help create another competing emotion. So if you feel sad, you know, watch a funny movie. If you feel nervous, listen to soothing music. Things or like start that. an argument with someone for no reason. <laughs> no, not, not <laughs> just quite. Just kidding, just kidding. If you feel happy, <laughs> engage in chaos. But another adaptive emotion for sure. And then P is pushing away. So try to do away with the negative thoughts by pushing them out of your mind. So kind of imagine... Like if you're having a negative thought or emotion, write that on a piece of paper, crumble it up and like throw it away. Like really try to refuse to think about that situation until a better time, not necessarily ignore it or pretend it's not happening, but it may not be helpful in that moment to dwell on it. So kind of like put it to the side so that you can address it when you've kind of been able to process it a little bit more. Um, the T, only two more letters, the T is <laughs> thoughts. When your emotions take over, try to focus on other thoughts. So like either reciting a poem or counting to 10, reading a book, kind of trying to think about something different to distract yourself from that emotion. And then S is sensations. So really find safe, safe physical sensations to distract you from negative intense ones. And I emphasize safe because, you know, you could do something like, you know, smoke or engage in like another behavior that could be definitely helpful um, but if you're feeling like super, super upset, it may not be the best to like drink, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so find like a, a physical sensation that you can engage in that's more adaptive, like, you know, hold an ice cube in your hand, honestly, something as simple as oh. that, and just really feel that or eat something sour, like a lime. I was going to say <laughs> masturbating. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you could do that. There's nothing wrong with that. At the same time. Like, give yourself another sensation. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm no, it's okay. No, it's okay. Marshall Linehan, who is the creator of DBT, you know, she may even have recommended that. Um, but honestly, something that's like almost so stark as a physical sensation that you really can't feel it unless you go out of your way to feel it. Like feeling like you don't really feel the sensation of holding an ice cube unless you do it or mm -hmm. tasting something super sour. So things like that. And that can kind of help distract you from these really negative emotions as they subside because they will subside eventually, especially in that moment. This is definitely a tip that I feel is worth writing down. Like not yeah. just because there are so many letters, but because those are actively things that you can do. We often do talk about like anxiety, depression, and emotions and how to handle them. But th this is, and each time like you give us tips, but these tips feel very like achievable. Mm -hmm. Like when we're trying to just say like, oh, just try not to like overreact or like just kind of think about your thoughts. Like 
that those are easier said than done. Those really do take practice. Oh, and yeah. work. But this feels like actual, I think activities was one of them, but these, it feels like an actual activity that you can do. Like you can run through the A-C-C-E-P-T-S. Yes. <laughs> of all of it. And really like those all sound like valid things you can do. Mm-hmm. And they're very tangible, which is helpful for folks who are like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cognition is cognition. What can I do right now? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to break down. You could call your mom and tell her, why have you never been there for me? <laughs> Which can make it just, worse, so. Just to get another emotion in there, you know? Right, just, you know, <laughs> make it a little more complex. A little razzle-dazzle. Okay, yeah, uh, just kidding on that. Don't do that. Um, my deep think of the week is going to be, um, and I just came up with it, you do not have to give 100% all the time. Yes. I actively think that people should pick times when they're like, I'm going to slack off today. Or yes. I'm not going to be like super present in my text messages today. Or like, I mean, sometimes it really does feel like everybody wants something from you. Like I'm expected to give hundred percent at work. I got to like be there for my friends. I got to like take care of my pets. I'm supposed to be focused on my health right now. You can slack off in any of those things for like a day or so, or, or even more. I mean, don't make it a habit, but like I personally, and hopefully nobody from my work ever listens to this. I don't feel like working a 40 hour week, I should be on eight hours each day. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. I should be working every second that I'm supposed to be working. I still think they should pay me because, Hey, if this is the agreement that we've made with society that I have to work to live, mm-hmm. to, to be able to deserve a place to live in water and shelter and food, I have to work fine. I'll work. But like, it's, it's not healthy for anybody to feel like they need to be on a hundred percent every time they work. That's not good for your mental health. Right. I love my, what I like about my job. I almost said, I love my job, child. Woo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I like about my job is that they encourage that you take breaks, go for a walk, like take good. a nap, like go out to lunch. Like this is, especially cause we're remote. Like mm-hmm. you cannot feel like this job is your life. You need to like, just take a break. I often like, not often, but you can take a break from friends. Like you don't have to text everybody back all the time. You're, mm-hmm. I think when you do come back, you should explain, Hey, sorry. Like I took a break from my phone for a day. Like I was just needed to chill out. Like, mm-hmm. I just think our generation feels so much anxiety for a number of reasons. But one of them is that we always feel like we're not doing enough right. or we're not like doing the right thing or that we're letting other people down. And like, you just really have to learn how to like mitigate that through taking time for yourself and being like, yeah, I'm just not gonna pay attention to this other thing for a bit. Like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna focus on me. I love that. And I feel like that was the word that I needed to hear. (laughs) Absolutely. Cause as someone who is like, if I don't break my back and giving my 110%, it's not worth it. I can't keep doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. cause honestly, first of all, if you do that, then people are going to expect that from you and think that you're going to do it all the time. And it's like, I can't do it all the time. And then second of all, it's like, they're not going to do the same. Not everybody's giving their hundred percent because you really can't, it's not sustainable. So that's why I think it's good to take breaks and to like, know, like, you know, you could do the bare minimum and still get paid. And you should, I actively encourage that you, you know, I'm <laughs> taking it a little too far. <laughs> they like call me into the, the virtual office in two weeks. Like, um, so about this. Uh, I need you to clock out for me. <laughs> Go ahead and clock out for me, sweetie. <laughs> it's a mess. It's okay. I that's why I love that I promote this podcast as a mental health professional and a, a, an adult, an adult, an adult. I can't even say it. <laughs> ah, 
God, an adult mess come together weekly. <laughs> I'm a mess child. God. Uh, but no, I think it, at the end of the day, I think it's so helpful for us to remember that because again, capitalistic society, your value is due to your productivity. If you're yeah. not producing all the time, then it feels like, okay, then I'm not worth anything and I have to continuously be in this cog. So that is our episode. Thank you all for joining us on episode five of Is It That Deep Though? <laughs> have a good day slash night slash uh, winter solstice. Uh, what? I don't know. Anyways, bye everyone. Bye.